Hey everybody, welcome back to Pod Lasso, Talking Ted with Jess and Logan. I'm Logan. And I'm Jess. And we're going to talk Ted Lasso, Season 3, Episode, it doesn't matter, we're almost at the end. (laughs) 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 Uh, Mom City, uh, the penultimate episode of Ted Lasso, Um, which, I mean, honestly... It's so fucking good. It could have been the last episode. Yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, I would have been sad if it had just left with like, oh, well, what does happen? But like you get a sense of where almost everybody is going by the end of this episode. Pretty much. Yeah. So um, as I do open with a question. I kind of juggled. I was like, I don't know where to go with this, but we skipped last week because my mom came to town, ironically, <laughs> to visit me. And so uh, I probably could have recorded, but by Sunday night, I was just like, and I know your schedule got mishmashed anyway. That's and right. I was just like, eh. <laughs> so. I did it. Um, so I, I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what, if you don't want to answer, it's fine. But, uh, I, I wrote best, but what I mean is favorite memory of you with your mother, <laughs> like <laughs> a favorite memory that you have. It's just like, that's my mom. So I, I'll go first, just in case you want to. Uh, I I thought about this for a while, and this is going to sound horrible, and she'll never hear it because she doesn't know how to look up podcasts, even though she has an iPhone. Um, I couldn't come up with what anybody would call a happy memory of me and my mom, (laughs) Um, which sounds sad, and it probably is really sad, but... Something that like at the time was infuriating, but now I'm just like, my mom, <laughs> when I was in the hospital almost eight years ago now, uh, well, no, almost nine years ago now, I'm losing track of time. It's been so long uh, when I had cancer, which if anybody's followed me anywhere, you've probably heard the story. Won't tell the story. Anyway, I was in the hospital for like six weeks and my mom got to stay with me pretty much the whole time, which was both really, really nice when you're basically like, you cannot leave the hospital and you're in, I was in a city I didn't live in. So mm-hmm. almost nobody I knew was there. So it was nice that she got to stay, that it was a double room and they let her stay. But <laughs> like <laughs> living with your mom in your 30s, in the same room essentially is very very frustrating so um the doctors would tell me like you need to eat um like you've got to eat and so like whatever you can eat eat like whatever you feel like eating so my mom or whoever would show up and bring me snacks because i love snacks and so i couldn't really move around I had a tube in my uh, 
uh, stomach, like in my side. Um, and uh, I had all this stuff hooked up to me. So it was really difficult for me to get up out of bed um, or even really sit up. So I had this, if, well, you've been in the hospital because you're a mother. Yeah. Those little things that they, those tables they use, yeah. which are fantastic. Yeah. You know, they like slide right over you. They go up and down and move sideways. And they're awesome. Um, <laughs> it's very helpful, I will say, which you cannot move. <laughs> uh, I had all of my snacks lined up like on the table and on the windowsill because there were so many that I could get to. It was a bit of a mess, but I could get to them. I go to bed. My mom wakes me up to tell me that she's going shopping. Like, it's not nighttime. I just fall asleep. Like, she's going shopping. She'll be back in a little while. little while was like four or five hours. So I go back to sleep, and I wake up maybe an hour later. None of my food is where I can get to it. N oh, yeah. None of it. And I can't see the other side of the room, so I don't know where the fuck my food went. <laughs> oh, no. So <laughs> I'm just like, I'm calling the nurse. And of course, like they're busy, like I'm stable. So even I wasn't in ICU, but I was in like, uh, like, not critical care. I don't know what you call it. But anyway, I was on a ward where like it was a lot of people that were not necessarily in stable condition. Gotcha. And so if I buzzed them, they knew I was stable and I was the least of their worries. So anybody coming to check on me, it just wasn't happening. <laughs> I'm calling her. I found out later that I couldn't get in touch with her because she decided then and there was the time she was going to get a new phone. And she had what? the same number. She just didn't turn the phone on. Oh, so like six hours later, she shows up and like, I'm furious by now. <laughs> and I'm so hungry. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, where are, where are all my snacks? And she's like, well, they were, it was such a mess. And I wanted it to look nice and neat. So like I organized them and I put them over here. I was like, on the other side of the room? I can't get there. Well, I can bring them to you. Like, not if you're not here. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, no. And, like, she she got, like, really up. I mean, I was really upset. I probably got a little too... Like, I probably dropped some swears. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't think she cried or anything, but it was very just like, well, I was just trying to help and, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh -huh. <laughs> like, at the time, it was very, very frustrating. But it has now become, like, this thing of, like, if nobody knows that story of my mom and they know my mom, I'm like, oh, yeah, listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> like, what in your brain was like, I know what I'll do. This man can't get out of bed. I'll take all his food and move it across the room. Like, <laughs> what's it going to motivate me? I can barely walk. Oh, God. Oh, man.
So I, that's probably my favorite me- memory of me and my mom. Me yelling at her because she moved my food. Oh, my God. That's funny. <laughs> but not, but funny. Oh, my gosh. I I mean, I... My, I mean, I, I live very, like, close to my parents, and I have little kids, so, like, they're pretty involved in my life. So, oh, my God. Like, it's 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 tough to kind of, like, like pick a memory, if that makes sense, yeah. um, because there are, <laughs> there are so many things, like, on a daily basis uh, that happen, and it usually, it usually involves my kids, and it's just, like, Okay, okay, okay. This is funny, and this okay. This will, this will. I think, I think this will help. Okay. So for Valentine's Day, um, she wanted to come over. She had like little gifts for the kids or whatever, and then you know she got she got me just like like a little gift. And what she got me was was this coaster, and she's like, I don't know if you'll think this is funny. She's like, I thought it was pretty funny. She's like, and then I thought it might be offensive, and then I thought you would probably laugh, so I just got it anyway. And I was like, okay. <laughs> So I opened it up and it says, um, my mom is a mom. You get what you get and you deal with it. My mom is a grandmother. Would you like your grilled cheese cut into hearts or stars? And I'm like, <laughs> this perfectly. This is my mother. Like 100%. Uh, and it just made me laugh. And it is yeah. very, like, it is, it is like my mother to a T. She was very, she was very like, no nonsense, like, you know, like get like get your stuff done. She kept us in order, but she was also she was also indulgent. And like at the same time, it's like I don't I don't know how moms walk that fine line. I guess I I assume I'm trying to do the same thing with my own kids, but it's just yeah, it's just really funny. And then like her as a grandmother, it's like, would you like ice cream for dinner? How much candy would you like? And I'm like, mom, <laughs> they're little. Don't give them so much sugar. It's terrible for them. I I have a a Ryan story. Um, so I'll make it quick. Uh, Casey, his daughter. Uh, yeah. well, first of all, I should say my mom's, one of my mom's favorite sayings when we were children were, was if you want to be the boss, grow up and have your own kids. <laughs> so it's somebody's birthday. I don't remember whose, and everybody's out to eat. And my brother and his daughter are, they would battle each other towards like in the last like three or four years of his life. Just, he was pigheaded. She was just like him and it was just like, we're going to go to war. So it, it would, it would be tough. And it was always tough to be around. Um, and my mom, <laughs> and this was something stupid. It was over. Like she couldn't go to her cousin's house to spend the night because she didn't clean her room or, uh, anyway, so she's throwing a fit and my brother's just like putting his foot down, probably being a little too stern, but very much putting his foot down and she's just throwing a hissy fit. And my mom's just like basically pleading on her behalf. Okay. And (laughs) Ryan's just like, no, she's not going. She didn't do this. She didn't do that. Like, she's not going. We're not doing this. And my mom just keeps going. And he looks at her and he goes, if you want to be the boss, grow up and have your own kids. I did. (laughs) You need to butt out. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so that's a story on behalf of Ryan. <laughs> also, um, for the record, that sounds like my oldest and my husband and my mother. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's yeah. Oh. So parents, man. Like, we'll get into the episode, but. There's so much of this episode makes me like teary eyed or just outright cry. Yeah. But May's quoting of that poem seemingly out of nowhere when she understands what's going on with Ted just fucking wrecks me. Like just, you know, your parents fuck you up. They don't mean to, but like they got fucked up and like they're, mostly just doing the best they can and hoping that it works out yeah um so anyway mom city the penultimate episode as i said opens with ted seeing his mom sitting (laughs) on a park bench in england out of nowhere yeah, very much in a place where she's not supposed to be. It's like you do like a triple take. You know, how you like you see someone, and you're like, is that that person? Because it's in a very different setting than it should be, and you're like, yeah, that's that person. Yeah, <laughs> that it happens to me with work people. Like, it, yeah, it's like I can't see them. Like they'll, if I run into somebody at Walmart, they're like, Logan, Logan, and I'm like, I don't know anybody here. Who is calling my name? <laughs> Meanwhile, it's one of the thirty people I work with. <laughs> In the tiny town you live in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's I I feel Ted in that. Actually, I feel Ted in a lot of this. I think I texted you this. Like, yes. I watched this episode. Then my mom came for a visit, and the whole time I was like, I am Ted. I am like watching this woman do things and listening to her talk about things and going like. I really hate how much I'm like her. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel this a lot. <laughs> get it. Totally get it. Uh, um, but, uh, so, um, it's, uh, Becky Ann Baker is the actress that plays his mom. And, like, she is one of those people that has been in so much stuff. But you don't know who she is. Like a a character actress, really. Yeah. Um, Is that why she looks familiar to me? I mean, she like looked familiar to me. Oh, yeah. I I mean, she's got 106 credits on IMDb. Oh, geez. So, I mean, she's been literally in probably every popular show in the last 20 years. Um, and, and had like starring roles in a few things. Uh, she's, uh, Gwen Stacy's mom in Spider-Man three, like the, the OG Spider-Man. Um, that's every time I see her, that's kind of what I think of. Um, just cause I'm a nerd, but I, I mean, like if you look her up, she's like every, like going back, she was in, uh, I think she's one of the kids' parents in Freaks and Geeks. I don't know if you watch Freaks and Geeks. Um, I have watched Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, I uh, did not remember that. I I just pulled up IMDb and I I see. Oh, yeah. she was a voice actress on American Hostage. That was a it was like a podcast series that mostly John Hamm did, but it was really good. 
Oh. Oh, she's in Billions, too. I haven't watched Billions, but I've heard it's really good. Me, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, she's just one of those. And I, I'm really glad they went. Like, it's nice that she's recognizable, but in a, like, mom kind of way. Not in a, like, oh, you got, uh, uh, pulling a name out of my head, but, like, you got Shirley MacLaine. I know she's not with us anymore. But, like, if it's somebody that big, yeah, like, you're just looking at her the whole time. True. And you kind of lose that. But, uh, yeah, Ted's double take, like, mom, and then immediately music, I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's been a ton of stuff that I've watched. Yeah. Like, just, like, one episode, like, here and there, but still. Yeah. I mean, working is working, I guess. Um, but, yeah, yeah. she's she's constantly working. Uh, she was in this really good show that I don't even know if you can find. It was called Kings. And it was basically this like drama based on like some Old Testament stuff. And it only lasted like 13 or 14 episodes. But it had a phenomenal cast, including Ian McShane and what's his name? The the old guy from uh God was it Brian Cox. Uh it was so fucking good and nobody watched it because it was all this like old testament stuff oh god but, like i watched i was like this is amazing interesting yeah no i've i've never even like heard of that oh sebastian stan was in that yeah uh, that cast was incredible <laughs> like every time i go back and look at it i'm just like i can't Colin believe Hulk all the people mm-hmm can't believe all the people that were in this show and nobody fucking watched it. It was at one point in time, I think it was, it was like brought in as like a, like the follow up for like season two or three of heroes. Like it would air right after heroes. Oh. And it just, it by then either heroes was dying off and like it never caught on. So, you know, anyway, I mean, interesting. It's a good show if you could ever find it and are, are at all interested at, in, like, not godly stuff. Literally, like, the craziness that's in the Old Testament. Like, the, it, it's like Game of Thrones without the dragons. You know, everybody's sleeping with everybody and trying to kill everybody and, you know, just all of that stuff. Um, um, so, after the cold open, we find out that Nate... Or we get this Nate working at uh, Taste of <laughs> Athens moment where he pops his head up. And he's talking about the chairs on the table. Yeah. Uh, like who <laughs> who put the chairs on the table? Jay just goes, the patriarchy. <laughs> I know. I know. He's, he's like, the floor's not even clean. She's like, yeah, nobody cleans the floors. <laughs> Why do we put the chairs on the table? The patriarchy. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I could never tell if she's serious or if she's just fucking with him. Yeah. And their relationship is also why I'm like, I really want more of this because mm -hmm. like, as much as I did not like her in season two, like she is such a good, like loving foil for his nonsense. Yes. You know, <laughs> they are like perfect for one another. I do really like their relationship. 
And then Colin, Isaac, and Will show up. Oh my gosh. To try to convince Nate to come back uh, to Richmond, um, which is really great. Also, uh, this also brings up a kind of sort of recurring gag for this episode where Nate goes to reference Jade and she's fucking disappeared like she's Batman. (laughs) I did notice that. I was like, oh my gosh, she's just gone. It's like, that's my girlfriend. (laughs) Well, she was right there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. And Isaac ordering 75 kebabs and pork chicken or lamb. He's like, uh, or 25 of both. Nate the Great. (laughs) My gosh. I mean, I think. I think what makes me laugh about this order is that they carry it through into the next scene. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, so yeah, from there we go to like Ted bringing his mom into his apartment, which also I had to deal with last week by mom seeing my new apartment for the first time and making little comments. Oh, um, that's the best. <laughs> that's the best. You don't have to live here. It's clean. It's really clean. Like I clean all the time. So I don't care what you think about what's on the walls. It's not pornographic. Just <laughs> shut up. <laughs> like it's just nerd stuff. Like, sorry, you gotta look at a poster of Brandon Lee and the Crow. <laughs> I know it's not pornographic. That's like the best thing I've ever heard in a long time. <laughs> um, her uh, the thing with the oven uh, is genuinely funny she's like what are all these funny symbols on your oven i didn't write down the whole list but he's like this one does this and then (laughs) this one burns a frozen pizza and then this one makes the whole thing beep until beard comes over and fixes it (laughs) that was my favorite my favorite one i'm like what in the world that must be like the self-cleaning like (laughs) option that's the only thing i could think of I'm like, what would make an oven beep incessantly? <laughs> also, why are they labeled weird? Like, yeah, wouldn't you think it's the same kind of thing? I, I mean, look, I'm not gonna lie. I've not traveled extensively in Europe, so I, I don't, I don't know. I know things I was, are different over there, but like, yeah, like we can't plug our stuff into their sockets. Yeah. Like, they, we have to, like, it's not the same. Well, I would think the only difference would be the degrees, but maybe I'm just an idiot. So, like, well, yeah, because the yeah, well, see, the weird thing about England though is some stuff is in imperial and some stuff is in metric. Because, like, I watch like a couple like British shows, and like, have you ever? I start talking about stones, and I'm like, what? (laughs) Well, have you ever watched Top Gear? No, I mean. Here and there, but not enough to like okay. really get into it. Okay. The, the quick version, it's a British car show, and they reference everything in miles per hour and in miles. They don't talk about kilometers per hour and in meters. But then in like other things, like they measure things in like centimeters and like so it's it's kind of like this weird mishmash. So I don't I don't I don't know. Like I mean I I think I mean I know like the temperature would be in like Celsius instead of Fahrenheit. But right. yeah, I don't know. But other than that, I'm like, well, I don't understand why there's like weird, weird symbols. It's not like you're in like Japan. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, it, it's not. It, it's foreign, but it's not completely foreign language. Like, but, you speak English. 
Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Probably better than we do, but. <laughs> so <laughs> um. So I, after she she agrees to come to work with him, and then we get the press conference, which is very brief, but really funny because it's our first glimpse at Jamie coming completely unraveled, which is a, a running thing in the entire episode. Yeah. Him saying that goal shouldn't count, that goal is a lie, <laughs> should be stricken from the record. It's like, I apologize, especially to the children. <laughs> like, what? Like, what does that even mean? I apologize, but to the children. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Roy is like, what is happening? It's like, oh, we're going to call that a uh, day and... We're going to go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, uh, just, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, the press comment, it just makes me laugh. Like, every yeah. every time. Because every time Roy is, is, what does he say? New Trent or better Trent? Yeah, better Trent. Yeah. It's so good. And, you know, <laughs> not a lot of Trent in this episode, but, like, the five seconds of Trent we do get it's really fucking good with Ted's mom. <laughs> oh my gosh. Could you uh, imagine? <laughs> I mean, my mom has met my boss. It was at Ryan's funeral, so it was a little uh, little different, but still, yeah. Um, fortunately, she doesn't do the thing that Ted's mom does and tell. Does your mom do that where she tells stories about you as a kid and you're like, that never happened? No, she usually just picks the most embarrassing true stories. And right. Those ones. Yeah, I guess that's worse. Because, like, your mom being like, what is, what is, she or tell the hooligans? to my children. That's oh, fun, too. Oh. <sighs> yeah. Well, you were never no. this bad. I'm like, I'm not sure if that was a compliment or a dig <laughs> at my parenting. <laughs> my mom does that to me, but I don't have kids. She talks about my niece's. Um, but like, I'm like, well, they're like 16 year old girls. So yeah, I'm sure it's different. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> they get a lot of stuff going on. Like, uh, oh. um, <laughs> so the scene where, uh, Dottie meets Ted's mom meets Rebecca and she's like, I'm, I'm Ted's new bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your hands where I can see them It's like so ridiculous man It's just like oh my god You're Ted's mom Yeah it's like who else Would it be It's, it's just I, I love the way She like Her mannerisms like she just embodies yeah. Like I mean it's The female version Of Ted She tells Rebecca like they're talking about Ted and she's like oh this one came out and immediately asked the doctor if there's anything he could do to help. And Ted just like breaks down why that joke doesn't work. And I'm like, you have literally said almost like the exact same things. <laughs> right. I was thinking that exact thing. I'm like, but this is almost identical to stuff that you've said. But I mean, but it's the same thing. It's like you, the the minute that like you see like your parent doing or saying something exactly the same way as you mm -hmm. would, you like immediately get kind of like defensive about it. Yep. Yeah. 
I yep. totally did guess. that for three days last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, to nobody, just to myself. <laughs> like, well, I'm not quite as bad as that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then <laughs> Rebecca's like, let me let me show you around. And she, what did she say? I'd love to see something. She's like, well, I, I meant around the, the, the complex. <laughs> Like, not is, not England. <laughs> I mean, but like it mirrors when she met Ted, and he's like, yeah. "Oh, I'd love to go see whatever." And she's like, "I've been around the club." And he's like, "Oh yeah, that too. Okay, yeah." Oh my gosh! <laughs> and she says, "Where are you from?" And she says, "Surrey." And she goes, "Where are you from?" Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, and then, uh, of course, we get Dot- then Dottie telling like all these tall tales to the team in the locker room as they're eating kebabs because Isaac showed up with seventy five kebabs, um, <laughs> which kills me. I love how even like Rebecca's <laughs> eating. Yeah, <laughs> as Ted's complaining about his mom, and like it, it's so funny because. Like, also, we saw Rebecca do this with her mom, and Ted found her mom basically delightful. And, like, that that's just it, right? Like, you have your problems with your parents that other people don't have. And they're like, oh, your mom's great. And I'm like, no, she's the devil. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, she's the bane of my existence. I yeah. mean... I love her dearly. <laughs> but oh my God. Sometimes I want to hit an old woman with my car. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I should laugh. Oh, I'm not laughing. I'm not <laughs> I, laughing. <laughs> I love Rebecca saying, okay, Dad, I've got to go. I've got to go see a man about a horse. <laughs> I didn't know women said that when they had to pee. And she said, she's like, what are you talking about? I'm going to buy a horse. <laughs> I I'm not I am not gonna lie the the I was like very confused by any of these statements but it just made me laugh that she was actually going to buy a horse because she's you know like ridiculously yeah. wealthy but it, it is a very like age specific dude male man whatever thing is it to say I'm gonna go see a man about a horse. When you have to go to the bathroom, I don't know where it comes from. I could have looked it up. I didn't, but like I worked with people who were slightly older than me and like would hear it all the time. Really? Yeah. And I've never heard this phrase in my life. I, I, I don't know if it's just like, I've got to find a way, a polite way to say I have to go pee. Um, but like, what is wrong with, I have to go to the restroom. Like, I'm dog. Hush. Hush. Right here. Chill out. Like it's, it's dead quiet. And she's just like on edge about something like, she's driving me nuts today. Um, we, we get Ted's mom. She had, like, explanation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we get Ted's mom telling the story, uh, wanting to tell the story 
about Ted eating a candy bar made of poop, um, which was referenced way back in season one by Ted mm. when he's like talking about some childhood friend of his. And oh, he's like, yeah. don't ever like if he hands you a baby Ruth or a candy bar, don't eat it because it's definitely poop. And it's just like, well, you know, now you know how he knows that. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I love one of the things I do love about this whole episode is all of the callbacks. There are so many. Yeah. Um, there's I don't remember where it is and I don't remember if I wrote it down. I did write it down. It comes later. I'll bring it up. Um, so uh, that's when we get the the like the one moment with Trent that we really get. It's like he comes over to ask her. He's like, Miss Lasso, can I ask you some questions? I'm Trent Krim. And she goes, Trent, your hair is fabulous. Yes. <laughs> I love that. His hair is fabulous. It I'm is. Not gonna lie. I'm like, man, I wish my hair looked that good. <laughs> Stop. Come here. Come here. You are being ridiculous. So, there's nobody in the house. Oh, I mean, if there is, then we're both in trouble. So, sorry for the barking, everyone. She's in my lap now. So, hopefully she won't bark. Um... And then we get Van Damme putting the mask. I, I think this is the first time we see the mask, right? That he has to wear for the broken nose. I think so. And I I just, it's just such a lost opportunity that they're calling him Van Damme and not Zero at this point. And I, I was going to ask you, do you think that that's uh, like a thing? Like not like they took the opportunity to give him the mask. And because his name was Zoro, and I'm like, it's such a Zoro mask. I mean, you know? it is. I know. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think, and maybe they thought, like, if he was going by Zoro still, it would have been a little bit too, like, on the nose. I don't know. The, the references to the mask, though, were all throughout the episode, and it just yeah. kind of made me giggle every time. I, I was, like, the first time I watched the episode, I was like, oh, he's going to decide to change his name back. Yeah, like, you know, and then it just doesn't happen in the episode, and I, I was kind of like not heartbroken, but I was like, oh, that's a missed opportunity. I think. I think so too. I think so too. I feel like it should have come back at that point. <laughs> and everybody's making jokes, and he looks at Jamie. He's like, "Do you want to? You want to crack a joke too?" He's like, "No, I think it's better to be safe than uh, look good." <laughs> Roy's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> We broke it, Jamie. It calls him into the boot room to yell at him. And then he just starts crying. I know. I love, I absolutely love this scene. Where he's just like, I mean, he totally loses it. I'm like, how did they film this? <laughs> how, how many times did they have to film this? That's because, true. Like, <laughs> how, how much of that is like pieced together over how many takes? <laughs> because I don't know, like, I, I, it might have would have had to be like, okay, everybody's got to clear the room, just the camera guy and us, and like we're gonna like slap each other in the face a few times or so, like get real serious because like just the overall tone of the show. 
like I can't imagine you start doing that <laughs> and <laughs> somebody doesn't just burst into laughter. <laughs> it's such a toddler way of crying. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. That's exactly what it reminded me I lost my wings, of. Roy. I lost my wings. Oh, my God. It's so funny. I don't know how they got through that. Oh. And the fact that we've had so many moments with everybody and cut to Will's in the boot room. And then it cut, Will comes in at the end of it. He wasn't there the whole time. Roy's like, Will? He goes, yeah. He's like, yeah, you missed a good one. <laughs> the look on his face as he walks out. He's like, damn it. <laughs> uh, and then we get uh, Beard coming in, like seeing Ted's mom is there. And of course, he loves Dottie. Of course. <laughs> which is more frustrating for Ted. Then Higgins comes in uh, and we find out that uh, like... Higgins is putting putting it out there that like, hey, like we could get Nate back, and of course Beard is the lone dissenter, like very much so. Like I, he's like I will burn this place to the ground if you bring that Judas back here. Oh uh, <laughs> it's a very strong reaction. Yeah, um, and uh, oh, t- the tooting thing—that's pretty funny. When he's like, he's working at a restaurant in Tooting? You have a place called Tooting here? Yes. Um, and Roy, who is down for Nate coming back, says he's got to go take care of a thing. And Ted's like, are you okay? He said, I'm, I want to start using this. He said, yeah, I've just come down with a case of none of the, a case of the none of your fucking business. <laughs> I think that's probably one of like my favorite Roy quotes, like yeah. ever. <laughs> so good. And uh, Trent comes in and says, uh, which it's weird to me that Trent didn't like. Maybe maybe Bruce Springsteen isn't like. I, I guess he wouldn't be like that huge, and like it. He's a very American like singer songwriter performer so yeah. i i guess it would make sense that he wouldn't know the courtney cox thing yeah that's probably true because he's certainly old enough to know it i know but yeah no he's definitely like a quintessential like american type of person but i feel like he wouldn't have been that big overseas you know what i mean yeah so it's an interesting bit of trivia um, so the guy that co-created this show, uh, also co-created a show, uh, called, or I guess he created it, Bill Lawrence, who we've talked about, yeah. created a show called Cougar Town. Oh, yeah. That starred Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox. I loved Cougar Town. And there is this, like, episode of Cougar Town where her son finds an old photo album and starts going through it. And in it is a picture of her on stage with Bruce Springsteen and she, uh, he's like, Oh my God, you dance with Bruce Springsteen. And she tells the story about like getting up on stage, but like, I mean, really it, it's just a video for dancing in the dark. It's like one of the first things she ever did acting wise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's, so this is the second time he's referenced that video. 
That's hilarious. That's really funny. Um, <laughs> and if it sounds like I'm trying to go quick, it is because this is the second longest episode. I'm sure you know, this is I the second do. longest episode of Ted Lasso. And I do not want this podcast to be two hours for Jess's sake. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering that we started over an hour late because I couldn't get a toddler in bed and still had to watch the episode, that was an hour and 15 minutes long. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't want three hours of your night to be Ted Lasso. <laughs> Which, I mean, I love. I love it. I, I mean, no one else is home. It's just, it's just me and my two-year-old, so... It's it's fine, but anyway, yes, keep going. <laughs> um, so Roy visiting Keely is the next scene. Keely's very empty office, except she still she still has the leopard, so that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> can we just can we just talk about Barbara for a second and I how awkward? Love Barbara. <laughs> like oh eating the apple. Yeah, it's just like I. It's such. I I feel like it's a very British thing. Her, like, that first joke where he walks in and <laughs> he's just staring at her and she's like, are you here about the pipes? And he's like, no, what's wrong with the pipes? And she says, nothing. That's why I thought it was funny that you were here or thought it was weird that you were here about the pipes. It's like, that's, it's a joke that isn't a joke. Like, there's not a joke there. It's so ridiculous. It is. It's completely ridiculous. It's just it's just like, I don't know, I guess I just thought you looked like a plumber. Like, I mean, I feel like yeah. that's like the joke. Like, I don't understand. Like, how does this woman not know who Roy Kent is? <laughs> well, I think we saw her first, like, true introduction to football slash soccer when she went to that match. And she was like, is it like this all the time? And because oh, it's when they all yeah. got into the fight and she was like, so like, oh, my gosh, grown men beating the hell out of each other. This is amazing. <laughs> I'm surprised she doesn't watch more hockey. Um, that's, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. Which is weird, though, for like a British person. Like, I thought they all grew up watching football. Yeah, you, you'd think so. I, may, I mean, maybe it's just like one of those things where... I mean, there's plenty of people in this country who don't watch any sports at all. But, mm -hmm. like, I, I guess maybe, like, when you run across somebody who's like, yeah, I've never seen a Star Wars movie. And you're like, what? <laughs> Are you Amish? <laughs> like, how have you, you never seen Star Wars? <laughs> like, not, there's 12 of them. <laughs> like, you haven't seen any of the movies? And not even, like, movies. At this point, there's, like, a ridiculous <laughs> yeah. amount of Star Wars content. Like, ridiculous amount. It's, like, if you have not stumbled across this, like, you... M or Marvel. Like, you must be living under a rock. Right. <laughs> like, like, I don't know who Iron Man is. Like, what? <laughs> Everybody How? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Roy recruits Keely for help with Jamie. Um, there's a whole, like... And you look nice, and you look nice, and then it, like Barbara's waiting, like oh, you look nice too, as she's eating that apple, um, kind of inserting herself into the, the situation is, so funny. It's so funny, and she's like, yeah, would she say her blouse was like two pounds or something? So yeah, like <laughs> at a boot sale, which <laughs> is is a. For anybody who doesn't know, boot is a trunk. Like, it's a whole thing in the 
very first episode, I think, yes. of Ted Lasso, yes. where he's like, a boot is a trunk. Yes. Um, the boots and the boot and the boot. Yeah. And so, yeah, she she bought a blouse out of the back of somebody's trunk, which, I mean, I don't It looks good. I guess that's fine. <laughs> we buy stuff at Goodwill, so I, it's not much different. <laughs> No, I mean, I feel like a trunk sale is kind of like, like a fire sale. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, everything's got to go. Like, I just kind of, or like, a, maybe like, that's what they call thrift shops. I don't know. Um. So then, then we get the, the bar, which is, I referenced it earlier, yeah. such a great scene. Um, Them playing pinball, a Wizard of Oz pinball machine, which I'm mm. pretty sure we've seen before. We have, but there's okay. no place like home. Yeah. So if you, you can pull it up on IMDb. I didn't write them all down. There were so many Wizard of Oz references in this episode. Like later in the episode when they're, they're following Jamie, they're literally walking down a yellow brick road. Um, oh, yeah. And, and like, that's one of the bigger ones, but there's a ton of Wizard of Oz references. Uh, I think Reddit has a list of like all of the little nods or possible nods to Wizard of Oz. Um, That's from Kansas. So. Yep. Yep. I mean. So yeah, it's it's a definitely a thing in this episode. Um, but uh, yeah, I almost started with it like let's talk about Wizard of Oz, but I was like, nah, that 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 would that's a whole different. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a whole different thing but um her dotty saying this place reminds me uh this place reminds me of the irish pub i went to in topeka but better or something like that and he's like don't don't tell me that and she took that to mean somehow Tell May that this place is much better than the Irish pub that you went to in Topeka. <laughs> May is just like, thanks. Yeah, that was yeah that that was kind of weird. I was like, eh, okay. <laughs> I do love it when Beard comes back to the table, mumbling about. I guess he he lost his ball or whatever in the pinball machine, and like he's mumbling. But if you listen, he says something about the dogs of society uh, which yeah. is a goodbye yellow brick road reference <laughs> uh, oh, nice. <laughs> so um yeah i i just caught that for the first time tonight when i rewatched it while i was eating i was like did he just say the dogs of society howling and i rewound it and i was like damn he did like that had to be an ad lib oh yeah i mean possibly yeah I mean, isn't he, is Brendan Hunt a producer or yeah. a writer? He's a yeah. producer. Uh, I think he's in the writing room, too. Yeah, I thought uh, he was, too. So that would not be surprising to me if he kind of, either, either it was an ad lib or that he wrote it for his own character. Yeah. Um, and this is when we get the, like, Ted goes to play his ball on the pinball machine and we get the the, the speech. Um Yes. You know, which I won't even attempt to recite. Like it's it's one of my favorite moments in the show. Period. Is it because it seems like it comes out of nowhere? Like you think May is going to give him like the same thing everybody else has been giving him. You know, this whole like like your mom's great, Ted. What like stop being 
you know, so like upset about it. She, like she's she's fun. She's funny. Like just get over it. She makes us up stories. You know, she thinks you were almost the drummer in Coldplay, which is okay. <laughs> <laughs> When she tells the hooligans that, I was like, that's a British band. I know. I know. <laughs> They're not even from Kansas. Oh, I thought that was really funny. Um, but yeah, May just like seeing that and understanding that like, you know, I'm I'm sure by now she knows what happened with Ted's dad. Like, you know, he spent enough time there and drank enough beers there that I'm sure she's gotten the this is how fucked up my life was or is still is, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and so I, I just, I love, love that speech. It's just like, if it wasn't as long as it is, it's the kind of thing I would be like, I'm going to get that tattooed on me. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) When I look in the mirror, I can see like, just remember everybody's parents screw them up doesn't matter if they come from money or they're poor or whatever like they could be the nicest people in the world and you just get screwed up because they're your parents yep we do we do but yeah (laughs) try and do correct our own faults through our yeah i love the like they add their faults and then just for good measure, like add some new ones or I, I forget how it goes, but yeah. you know, and it's just like it, which is just a way of saying like you pass on your trauma, like, because yeah. most of us don't ever really do the work, especially older generations didn't really do the work to heal from their trauma. And so they just wind up passing it on to their kids. Who try not to pass on to theirs, but end up taking it. Yeah. Um, which kind of comes up in the next scene. Like, they're at home arguing about who's going to sleep on the bed and who's going to sleep on the couch. Which is an exact fucking argument I had last week. <laughs> I bet. Um, and I'm like, I, I know my couch isn't that comfortable. And I'm like, you're almost 70 years old. You're not sleeping on the couch. Also, it's filthy because I don't clean it. Like, me and the dog are the only ones that sit on it. And I'm just like, I shower every day. It's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> somebody's coming over. I'll try to clean it. Yeah. But I'm like, you're not sleeping on this dirty-ass couch. Well, I don't want to take your bed. Like, oh, my God. Like, I sleep on the couch all the time. It's fine. I like sleeping on the couch. Sleep in the bed, please. <laughs> <laughs> um. And she hands him uh, some clippings from the newspapers back home. And I I like to think it isn't on purpose. That the one on top, it's just because it's the biggest headline. You know, lasso and panic or whatever it says about yeah. his panic attack. And, you know, he's achieved so much beyond that. It's like, you know, I know you're meaning well here, but like, you just like, you're reminding him of the ways he can fail, you know? 
yeah, that's kind of how I felt about it. Like, I think it was intentional, but it didn't feel like a good choice. It felt like, you know, well, like, why haven't you called me and talked to me about this or told me about this yeah. or whatever? So I'm going to, like, call you out on it by saying, okay. here, I've, like, clipped all this stuff out. I thought you might want to keep it. I was like, why do you want to keep clips of, like, his worst moment in his life? Like, his, like, all, like, well, maybe not quite the worst moment. But you know what I mean? Like, all the panic attacks and, like, yeah. all of that. Like, why would he want that? I just kind of assumed that everything underneath it was more of the same. Yeah. So it just, um, it felt, it felt weird to me. Yeah, I, I can see that where like I hadn't thought about him not talking to her about that stuff. And like this is her showing how she's hurt by that. I can see that, Um, you know, it, where it's not like I'm not trying to be malicious, but I don't know how to say why couldn't you call like why couldn't you call me and talk to me and tell me what's going on? But we you know, not to jump ahead. We know why he couldn't call her and talk about what's going on in his life yeah. you know um you know not to keep harping on it but literally something very similar happened with my mom last weekend like she out of nowhere asks me about this person who is no longer in my life and do I talk to them I'm like no like I haven't heard from her in a long time uh-huh. she's like well aren't you glad I'm like no like, I cared about that person. Like, why would I be glad? That, yeah. I, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what you're doing, <laughs> but I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> like, this seems like an odd tactic. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's like, a, hey, are you over the fact that, you know, this happened to you? Like, not really. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> ah. But, you know, working on it, no need to talk about it. <laughs> like, and that's uh, so in the show, though, Ted, that's when he's like, yeah, I've been seeing a therapist. And she goes, oh, let me guess. It's all my fault, uh, which is, uh, you know, again, it's going to sound like broken record. Very much something my mom would say. Like, if I told her I was talking to a therapist, you know, oh, she's just going to they're going to tell you it's just all my fault. Like. I mean, you know, I come to a lot of those conclusions on my own. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, if the shoe fits. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and Ted's like, have you ever thought about talking to someone? And she, of course, oh, that's not for me. Um, and so this is what I alluded to earlier. What I think is one of the most subtle reveals in all the entire show is she says something about uh tea and mm-hmm. she goes and you know how i love my tea mm-hmm. and she doesn't mean gossip she literally means tea and we've spent three seasons with ted like taking shots at the beverage that is tea Every single chance he gets. Yep. And it's like such a subtle thing. That just like. He wasn't a super rebellious kid. Like he got drunk once at 15 and stole a car. Unfortunately didn't hurt anybody. 
but yeah. like he didn't do a lot of super super crazy stuff his rebel his serious rebellion against his mom is like she loves tea fuck tea i will never yes. drink tea it's brown piss water <laughs> yes i was when i when i heard her say that i was like oh my gosh i was like wow that's a little bit more layered than i think I initially would have realized I just assumed like you know like typical American like they're kind of playing on the fact that most Americans don't drink tea like we drink coffee or we just or we don't you know don't drink anything like that and not the fact that like like once you find out that it's his mom's like favorite drink I was like oh okay that had a little bit more weight to it when you when you're talking about that yeah it's so Like, it's one of the, it's weird to say, but for me, one of the most brilliant pieces of writing, like, in the show. Yeah, I agree. Um, It's very well done. It was a good reveal. um, So after that, we get, he invites her to the match. That's important. Uh, She says, no, I'm just going to hang out here and I'll cook you dinner when you get back. Uh They're going to play uh, Man City. Man City. Their white whale, the team that they've never beat on the road, if I'm remembering it right. I think. Or never beat at all, possibly. Yeah. Well, Um, I mean, the last time they played there, they got their asses kicked. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, we get the the Manchester, England, England song, which is from some musical. I don't remember. Uh. (laughs) <laughs> Music Man, remember. maybe? Maybe. Uh yeah. Anyway, Manchester, England, England, City by the Sea. Um, and Rebecca and <laughs> and Higgins are riding with the team. Not really important except for the like uh oh, I was told to stop using my private jet. <laughs> Nora Nora said I had to stop something about the environment <laughs> Higgins <laughs> I, is it what is he like fucking environment or something like that they did it's, that effect <laughs> it's just so funny it's so funny oh my god Higgins just absolutely kills me I, I love that character <laughs> Jamie taking pictures with like these fans are lined up behind these little barricades to take pictures and see them off and they want to take pictures with jamie this couple and he takes their phone and just takes a picture of them it's so ridiculous and so so funny it's such a good detail and you like the look on the lady's face like she doesn't even like move her hands she's just like why did you what are you doing like what what <laughs> it's just so good i love how that lady played that it was just so good and then that dude's got his hand up for like a high five and he just headbutts his hand i, I like how that guy just like looks at his hand and looks like and he's like what and keely and roy are watching and keely keely's singing she's like oh shit like he's fucked i'm like yeah. he's fucked in the head now we gotta fix him yep Oh my god! I think I think one of the funniest things is like the running gag of everybody saying "fuck" like throughout <laughs> yeah. the whole episode. 
and we also find out that the bus driver a cleans up really nicely when he has to because that's the same guy didn't know that was the same guy until they made that comment (laughs) and also dresses in drag so good for him I, i thought that was hilarious he's like oh you should see him in drag i was like wait what that's awesome. Like literally, I think the last time we saw him, his hair was like down to his shoulders, and, yes. and he's like sleeping on the bus, and he he looks like he's been on tour for eighty years with the Grateful Dead. Yes, yes. I was like, wait, who is this guy? I was like, did they get a new driver? Uh, no, same driver. He just yep. cleaned himself up. Uh, and th- there's a very brief night scene after that. Which is him like seating this couple and Derek, the restaurant manager, uh, like in in a very like we're talking about moms like thinking they're helping and not helping. But uh-huh. he's not a mom, but like he's like, you know who this is? Do You know what he used to do? Like, dude, you're not helping. Like, you're making me feel worse. Like, I don't care that you're proud that I work here. <laughs> <laughs> Like telling this couple he used to be a manager and that guy's like, yeah, that's right. You're the wonder kid. And for the first time, I think ever, Nate absolutely owns. He just says, yeah, I said wonder kid. Yeah. He doesn't try to correct it or back off of it or or like just get flustered by it. He's just like, yeah, yeah, I said wonder kid. I said the wrong thing. Like, can we stop talking about it? I know. I was like, did I hear that right at, at first? And I was like, oh man, he finally has embraced it. Yeah. I thought that was, it was a good, it was a good turning point. Yeah. And, and a nice little touch of like further, like helping you see like, okay, like Nate has turned a corner here. Yeah. So, um, I feel so, like he's very genuine throughout this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like in Manchester, we get the scene where uh, Keeley comes to visit Jamie and he's unpacking his suitcase, his very like not well packed suitcase. It looks like an eight year old packed that suitcase, <laughs> it looks like it was all socks. Yeah, <laughs> okay, oh, like socks and me. underwear. <laughs> glad that wasn't just me. I was like, is it what? What is in that suitcase? <laughs> I love his like. There's just something so sad about a suitcase. It's like a drawer without a home. Oh God, Jamie! This episode, he's so kind of like depressing. Yeah, uh, I, I love when uh, we'll get to it. Um, the <laughs> the next scene is the the them watching their little movie night pregame. They're watching uh, You've Got Mail. Nor Efron, very sad. All the dudes are crying. I hate romantic comedies. <laughs> <laughs> so I do agree with Ted. Like, that's my favorite part of the whole scene is Ted telling everyone he can Sleepless in Seattle is a better movie <laughs> <laughs> because it's a better movie. Yeah. I mean, well, you've, it was supposed, you've got mail. It was supposed to be a ripoff of Sleepless in Seattle, was it not? I mean, yeah, it was so they did three movies together. Uh, I think just three. They did a movie called Joe versus the Volcano, 
Oh, yeah. Nobody saw. And it's actually really, really interesting. There's some, uh, I guess we would call it cultural appropriation going on in the movie that ah. wouldn't play so well today, but it is a really interesting look at working a corporate job and having them like crush your soul to pieces. Oh, um, interesting. I, I've never actually seen it. Like I've heard of it, but I've never actually seen it. So now I'm, now I'm actually kind of curious. I watched it as a kid and thought it was stupid. <laughs> Five years ago, Spencer texted me and was like, have you ever seen Joe versus the volcano? I was like, yeah, when I was like 14, man, that movie's dumb. He was like, you should rewatch it. I was like, okay, maybe. He's like, I'm telling you, you should rewatch it. So I watched it one night and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. This is what being an adult is. That's funny. So, I should probably watch it. Yeah, it was the difference between watching Office Space when it first came out and then watching it six years later and being like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I I think I was just slightly too young when it first came out to watch it, but like I was just old enough that I had started into working when I, when I watched it. Yeah. I was like, Oh man, this is genius. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jamie sneaks out instead of going back to his room. Uh, Keely and Roy follow him. There's a very pretty shot of like the, the, yellow bricks and a, a blue uh, obviously fake but still gorgeous blue moon like it, it is an absolutely beautiful shot it is. um it, it's like one of those things like you could take it and just frame it and yes like you don't even need to know what it's from it just looks like something you would have hanging in your house like that you bought it like ross because it looks gorgeous, you know, yeah. or Marshalls or TJ Maxx or, you know. Um, so we, fi we find out, uh, I always look at that stuff when I go to those stores. I don't know why. Um, well, sometimes they have some really pretty pictures. It, well, it's where I got my, <laughs> I got, uh, so there's an episode of Seinfeld where Kramer has someone paint a portrait of him. Oh. And these old people buy it. It's really stupid and goofy, but I I have that picture of Kramer <laughs> hanging in my house, and I also have the painting or the the like uh, watercolor that Pam does of the office <gasps> building. No, you do not. I, yeah, I have that hanging in my house too. Oh, so I love that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so. There's this really so I, a Jamie like double back doubles back and tricks them. They, I know. This is really funny. Well, they're not exactly being sneaky. I mean, like when they're crossing the bridge, I'm just like, dude, like, isn't she wearing like a bright pink outfit or something? One, yes, Roy at least is in all black. It, he, but he's just kind of not trying to sneak around. He's just like, you know, doing his like Roy walk. Keely just all in bright pink and you can hear her heels. Yeah. Click, 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 click. <laughs> I was like, y'all are not very good at following <laughs> someone. And so it's like, no wonder that he gets the drop on them. Um, <laughs> yeah. And of course they're like, are you going to buy drugs? And he's like, no, come on. And there's this really funny scene where these three kids are playing uh, football, like, in an alley. 
And they're like, hey, are you Jamie Tart? And he's like, yeah. And they just start giving him shit. Yes. <laughs> Jamie finally walks away. Roy's like, good lads. <laughs> I know. I was, and they're like so super excited by this too. <laughs> oh, that made me laugh so hard. Um, so, uh, and yet another, like, this is why it's called Mom City, not Man City. We find out that Jamie's going to visit his mom. Yes. Well, apparently it's also Mother's Day weekend or something. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, which I found out, uh, looking stuff up is different in the UK and the US. Oh. Um, so that's interesting. Um, so I don't know which Mother's Day they're celebrating. I would assume the UK Mother's Day because I, Jamie's going to visit his mom. Well, but then Ted's mom said she got herself a Mother's Day present. So when I looked it up, uh, it's in like the trivia for the episode. Mother's Day in England or Mother's Day in the US generally would take place after the season would be over. Okay. Yeah, so it's like I, May something. Yeah. Usually like the second Sunday or some shit like that in May. And Mother's Day in England is generally before Easter. Oh, okay. Which is late March, early June. So uh somebody at work the other day said, Can you believe Easter's gonna be in March? It's never been that early. And I was like, How old are you? <laughs> it's definitely been that early before um but i forgot it was that early so yeah that was a surprise um so jamie's mom i don't know where to start <laughs> i i do know they intentionally cast somebody who could not literally be his mom he's okay. 31 I was like, they look the same age. I mean, he's playing like mid twenties, I think. But in real life, at the time, he's thirty one. She was forty three. Okay, which does not look forty three. No, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I agree with Roy. Roy's initial reaction is like, "Hey, you!" Like, I'm <laughs> like, "Hey, you!" <laughs> like, I, I know, I know where Jamie's like those genes came from because we've seen his dad. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, so this is just creepy as shit. Like, there's a lot of good stuff here. And she says a lot of, like, really heartfelt, like, very, like, good things to him. But, oh, my God, it is creepy as hell watching a 30-year-old man being cradled by his 40, supposed 40-something-year-old 40 mother. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was, the the relationship was a, a little off-putting. I will say it really, really explains Jamie Tart. Yeah, um, I, like, absolutely. And, and, like, she's, like, calling him my sexy baby. Yes! Just, like, oh, my God, dude. <laughs> I have never understood Jamie more than in these scenes. Like, I'm like, wow, no wonder you are so vain and, like, full of yourself, like, at the beginning of all of this. Like, that's, wow. It's just such, like, a weird relationship to me. Yeah. But 
I don't know. I guess they're just very close in their own unique way. So I I also looked this up because it does seem like they haven't seen each other in a long time. Like right? maybe even longer since like cuz we know he played there it's earlier in this season, right? When they play uh uh well no, they play Wembley. Um so maybe he wouldn't been where's I don't know where Wembley is. Is is it in Manchester? I thought that was yeah, I thought that was their stadium. Oh, is it? Okay. Um I thought so. I'm sure you're right. Uh I should have looked it up. But so I I got curious and I googled how far it is from Richmond to Manchester. And it's about 3 hours. Yeah, I mean it didn't seem like I mean it's not that big of a country. And I know it is a thing in England where, like, if somebody lives an hour away, you're just like, I don't ever see them. But I don't, like, they have, like, railway systems, right? And, like, I would love to talk to a British person and understand that. Because, like, I frequently travel to Columbus, which is about three hours away, to see my family. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I can't imagine going a year or more without having seen them. That's kind of like what I was thinking, especially because I was like, it, this cannot be that far. They took a bus there. They took a bus. <laughs> like, I mean, this cannot be that far. So, yeah, it, it's so strange. I, I think it is a British thing, though, because like I've heard it in other places where like uh, People talk about Leo like I never seen him. He lives an hour away, so I haven't seen my dad in like two years. I'm like you won't you won't go an hour to see your dad, <laughs> or he seems... won't come an hour to see you. <laughs> I know that just seems like weird to me. Yeah, um, but I, I mean, you know, it 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 is what it is. There's a break scene in here between the Jamie and his mom stuff of Nate and Jade, and <laughs> her coming home from work and. Uh, like him, she's trying to like talk him into going back, and you know he's like, no, like it was all, he owns up to. It. He's like, it's all my fault, which I agree with, but also, you know, I I think Ted has a little bit of blame. I think he could have better. Like he could have stepped in and tried to explain things rather than just be like, you're upset, and I'm just gonna let you make the decision that you make. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, f- I feel like he could have attempted to like say something like in his, de- like in his own defense. Yeah, which would have explained stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, especially about the picture. Like that—that's that's a thing that I keep I mean. coming back to. But like, yeah. I get why Nate was upset about the picture. What he didn't know is that it's on his nightstand. It's still on his nightstand. <laughs> I know. You know. Um. So, uh, yeah, then then we come back to Jamie and his mom and the cradling. It's so uncomfortable. Um, but his mom does say something that I really, like, I, I thought was, you know, maybe not profound, but, like, the the your dad is who he is. He's probably always going to be that person. And you are who you are either because of it, in spite of it. But, like, you can't keep 
doing or not doing or being scared to do things because of who he is. Like you need to live your life and find a way to be happy. Yeah, exactly. I, I liked that conversation a lot. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, it, it was what he needed to hear. I mean, I don't know if that's, you know, necessarily like why he decided to like go home and try to talk to his mom. But I mean, I, I think that's what he felt like he needed in the moment, but yeah, I think yeah. That's also what he needed to hear. So I just, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was well done. Well stated. This is when we find out like he hasn't talked to him since that game. Well, I guess it would be the end of season two. I said season three, but it's the end of season two where they, they, uh, they play, they lose and they have the scene in the locker room. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's been what, almost a year at this point. Yeah. So, did you think his dad was dead? I, at first, yeah, I did. Yeah, I one hundred percent did. When like they panned to the to the stadium uh, towards the end, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, yeah. I was like, "We are gonna have to deal with Jamie finding out that his father is dead." Um, but we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, meanwhile, Roy and Keeley get a tour of the house, uh, which includes Jamie's room, which oh, includes God. a poster of Roy. <laughs> And, and a poster of Keely. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I'm not sure which of those is more creepy, surprising, shocking. I have lots of adjectives. <laughs> yeah, it's like so. I mean, I, I don't. It, I, I'm trying to think of who it would be for me. Like, maybe when I was Jamie's age. Uh, I mean, it was Cindy Crawford was everybody's, but I was never a Kathy Ireland. I was like, oh, she's incredible. Uh, so it would be like being in my late twenties and then suddenly I'm dating Kathy Ireland and I had her poster on my wall. Like that's fucking weird, man. (laughs) I know that. Yeah, I agree. That would be like, if I, I mean, for me, it would be like it. It probably I'm trying to think of like who is on my wall like like in college like <laughs> this is that terrible but we would we had like the like plastered like on our like dorm room walls like you know like you know magazine pictures of like all of like the actors or whatever so it'd be like I don't know pick some hot actor from the early 2000s <laughs> it would be like me like ending up dating them like five years later that's just weird. Uh, and, and but also you're working with like the person in your profession that you like idolized, you know, like if you yeah. go, went on to be the thing that you were passionate about as a kid, it'd be like if I worked like I always want to be a writer It'd be like, oh, I'm writing a book with Stephen King and I'm dating Kathy Ireland. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck is my life? <laughs> right. I know. It's like I'm living the dream. <laughs> And in that sense, I'm very jealous of Jamie Tart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it, it's like a vision board. <laughs> like, I mean, it's seriously. literally. <laughs> seriously, it totally is. Um, I, I also love it when his mom tells him, like, you're not lost, Jamie. You just aren't sure what direction you're going in. Which yeah. is the same thing as being lost. <laughs> But it sounds it's, better. It's a little more profound. 
Um, if you don't know which direction you're going in, technically you're lost. But you make it sound poetic and profound. <laughs> you make it sound like you have intention, right? Like right, right. you're moving <laughs> forwards. You just don't know which direction it is you're going. So um and there's also a moment with Roy and Keeley. Uh, that gets interrupted by Jamie where Roy tells Keeley, I don't want to be friends. I don't want to be just friends. Yep. Um, which we'll come back to in the finale. <laughs> um, oh, God. Okay. We'll talk about the finale when we get to the finale anyways. Yeah. Okay. There'll be a lot to talk about there. That, um, that might be a two-hour episode. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the the goodbye scene I fucking love because <laughs> Roy is just like one more for the road. Like I want to hug his mom. <laughs> it's just like oh my god, man. So cute. And like, now oh, the dude yeah. that you idolized as a kid that you grew up to play on a team with is <laughs> making passes at your mom. I love how Keely just like sort of grabs him. She's like, oh yeah, no, we're just work the go. <laughs> as as always she's at least situationally aware yeah um and for like for no like just because this is where it goes because it's before the game there's a very brief scene of ted like checking on his mom in the hotel room and <laughs> she's asking what the the wi-fi password is of course it's barbecue sauce spelled with the at symbol <laughs> um genius and she says i wish i had come to the game i was like come on lady like you could have come and just stayed in the hotel room like you know it's just like anything but no and it's it's a very mom thing and of course that just frustrates ted even further um game day like I really, really thought, I was like, this is going to be a two-hour episode. We're just getting, like, the show, not the podcast. We're (laughs) just getting to the game, and we're going to get so much of the game. And we do not get a lot of the game. (laughs) We got, yeah, more than a normal episode, but less than I felt like we would have for the as big of a game as it was. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um. I, I do love the stuff right before that where they're they're all the crowd is singing Blue Moon because Blue Moon is uh Man City's like oh. I, I yeah, I, I guess they all have a song that they sing. They do. Um or mo- most of them. Apparently Richmond doesn't have one. We find out from Higgins that they used to have one when Freddie Mercury briefly owned the team in the eighties, I think he says. <laughs> yeah. And it was fat bottom girls. Uh, which I love And he's like but you know I didn't catch on and uh, I think Keely says Why did people get offended and he says Only the flat bottom girls <laughs> That's kind of funny uh, And Rebecca Says that her dad Went to art school with Freddie Mercury And <laughs> while Everyone thinks his vocal range Is his greatest talent Freddie Mercury would tell you that his best talent was turning straights. <laughs> to which they immediately stand up and cheer on the soccer match. Like, we are not going to ruminate on that joke. 
We said it, and we're just going to move on. <laughs> she just made me laugh. I was like, oh. Oh, she says flipping straights. That's what she says. Flipping straights. Not turning. Straights. Flipping. Yeah, I know. I was like, <laughs> interesting, interesting. Uh, Jamie, of course, comes out to booze because he used to play there and left the team to go be a reality TV star. Yes. And now is making his return. Um, you know, eh, rightfully so. I, I'm I, actually, I don't, that's an interesting question. Where do you stand on do you boo pl- other players, your team or not your team? Do you boo a player? Do I boo a player? Oh, I'm trying to remember. I'm sure that I have at some yeah. point in my life. I'm sure when I was younger, I did. As an adult, I'm just like, I'm not going to boo some other. D- I'll boo the refs because fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've definitely booed refs. I don't know. I may have done that, like, maybe at, like, a hockey game. Maybe at, like, a soccer game, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's just always, Especially if it's a former player. Like, even, like, a former Falcons that left on bad terms or, or, like, came back and were kind of, like, shitty to the fans when they came back. Even then, I'm just like, oh, well, that's not cool. But I'm, like, I'm just, I don't boo. I'm not going to boo another player. Um, But, I mean, I get it. You know, <laughs> you left the team to go be a reality TV star. And <laughs> not only does he get booed, like, they kick his ass, man. Like yeah. all the soccer, all the football stuff we do get in this episode is basically of them <laughs> going after Jamie. Oh my gosh, yeah, they're like fouling him left and right, but the refs aren't calling shit. Which yep. I was like, whoa, those are actual like fouls. Like those should have been cards. Like what is happening right now? Um, we do get a bunch of shots of Van Dam. Uh, look, I, I, oh, so yeah. Like, Everybody at the end of the episode, not to jump ahead, is cheering Jamie. And I get it. Like, dude comes back in, he he gets hurt, and we'll get to that. But, like, if this were a real game, they won that game because that motherfucker stopped, like, 12 shots on goal, man. (laughs) Seriously. He was, like... He had an amazing game. Like, the only reason that they won was because of him, in my opinion. Yeah. Which is also furthers the, like, at the end of this episode, he's going to be like, guys, I'm not Van Damme. I'm Zorro. Yes. That doesn't fucking happen. <laughs> I know. Missed opportunity. <laughs> um, Jamie does save one goal, which is how he gets hurt. And yes. that looks fucking rough. Like, like diving into the net, ankles first, to kick a ball out of the net. Like, oh my God, man. <laughs> yeah, that can't that can't feel good. Um, I've, never, I've never personally done that exact same thing, but I don't imagine that that feels so good. <laughs> uh, he's, he tries to soldier on. He doesn't. They take him to the sideline and uh, they can't make up their minds whether... They're going to pull Jamie and replace him, which I'm guessing a substitute in soccer or football is not the same as a substitute in American football where you can come out for a play and go back in. That is correct. Once you are subbed, so, you are out of the game. So, which is basically what it is in baseball. 
so yep. once you're out you're out that's it you can't go back in yep. um which i think is fair uh i get it in american football it's a lot more contact and like you're trying to lessen like severe brain injuries so uh, yeah <laughs> um <laughs> roy roy saying uh personally i'm fine for him to play hurt, I play hurt all the time. <laughs> and Beard says, you can't walk upstairs. <laughs> I think that's, that's like one of my favorite Beard lines ever. I just, <laughs> and you can't walk upstairs. Like, Touche. <laughs> um, oh. So, uh, like, in the midst of, like, so they're playing a man down <laughs> for, uh, like, like, basically the last, like, 10 minutes of the game almost a good bit um, of time yeah <laughs> like so much so that like every time they do cut back to the game it's literally another shot on goal and van damme saving their asses <laughs> yeah pretty much he's a fucking brick wall yeah. um so ted goes to talk to jamie while the the uh the medical people try to work their magic and they have this really really sweet conversation like he keeps looking back up to the stands and Ted's like, who are you looking Like, what are you looking for? So like, I'm trying to find my dad. And they get into, like, the, the meat of it. Like, you know, uh, when's the last time you talked to him? Um, and Ted uh, says, well, if he was here, what would you say to him? And he's like, I would tell him, fuck you. Like, just fuck you for all of this. Um, and he says, okay, well, like, is that it? And he goes, and I'd say, thank you. Like, because I, I wouldn't. I pushed myself the way I did, like, without it. And, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at without it. Yeah. Um, and Ted tells him, you know, Jamie, if hating your dad isn't motivating you like it used to, maybe it's try time to try something else. Maybe you should try forgiving him. And I know we've all heard that adage, like, you know, holding on to that is all of that not forgiving people it's poisoning yourself it's not something you do for the other person it's something you do for yourself yeah. because you're just holding on to all of that negativity yeah um that compared that added to the uh the massive amounts of drugs that they've given jamie <laughs> is able <laughs> to get him up and on his feet and in for one more play which I will say, when I first saw this, I didn't get the big deal. So we see Van Dam save another shot on goal. Yeah. Toss it to Isaac. And Isaac kicks it all the way downfield to Jamie. Uh -huh. Who takes it in. Like, we see a little bit of feet play like back and forth, but mostly we just see him and his face. We don't see him take the shot. We do hear it hit the net and we hear the announcers like going through what he's doing. Yeah. And goal, like right towards the end of the game. It's a goal. They're up to nothing, which that late in the game is that that's might as well be it. Yeah. So they made the announcers make the comment about, uh, a solo goal, meaning like no assist. Cause I'm guessing what Isaac does isn't technically an assist. Uh, no, it's not, not, 
not technically, I don't think. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think, I think there can only be like, I think it's because of the amount of touches that Jamie had before he scores. Right. Um, because I think like to have an assist, like I mean, it's basically like you pass it in, and then the other person maybe takes like one, maybe two touches to set themselves up, but it's basically like boom, and then the shot, and I think that's how an assist would be, is is like. Um, like officially given, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I mean, I feel it like it's that way in basketball because, like, if you toss the ball down court, like, and they take it and like dribble around seven people and then take a shot, like, it, it's basically unassisted, you know? Yeah, so. because Isaac is basically like clearing the ball out of the backfield right. and like getting the play going. But then, yeah, Jamie takes the rest of it kind of all the way. And, I mean, he does – he goes around several people. I mean, you know, he has some fancy footwork, which is cool. Like, we get to see a little bit of that um, before they they just focus on on the actor. Um, but, yeah. So, I didn't realize what a difficult thing that can be yes. to get an unassisted goal. And last week, I don't know how I did, how I wound up doing it, but I watched a bunch of unassisted goals. Oh, yeah. And like. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty wild. Um, It's not. Yeah, it, it's not standard. I mean, usually people like to keep the game going, like usually you're. You're taking like a couple touches and you're passing it on. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it, there's 11 people on the field. Like it's supposed to be a team sport. Like you're not supposed to just have one person that you're feeding it to. That's just like taking on like the entire team, like, you know, like one versus five or whatever. That's not how the game is generally played, but when it happens, it's pretty wild. Yeah. I like, I watched this guy pass the ball to himself like it's it's some famous player, but I don't know players. So, but like <laughs> Ronaldo, Messi. I, I don't. It wasn't either one of them. Um, he's a little bit younger. Um, but he passed the ball to himself like through three different people, like four different times. <laughs> and I was just like, "Holy shit, man!" <laughs> like, yeah. and like didn't didn't get tripped. Like, didn't miss anything and, and just, like, unassisted goal. And I was like, that's fucking insane. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Like, it's not an easy thing to do. It's really not. Um, But, yeah, goal, they're up 2 nothing. Immediately substitute Jamie. Pull him out so he doesn't get further injured. Um, And he gets to leave the field to an ovation. Uh, which is pretty incredible because he came onto the field booing, <laughs> getting booed. So, um, and that's when we get uh, like all these shots. Like we get a shot of his mom at home cheering. Which why the fuck isn't she in the stands? <laughs> like I I, uh, maybe she just doesn't like to go. Maybe it's too nerve wracking. Um, but uh, or maybe she doesn't want to see her scumbag ex husband. Um, who everybody assumed would be there. Uh, and we see all these people cheering for Jamie, like Roy congratulating him, the whole team congratulating him as he's walking off the field. And we cut to his dad's 
two friends like toasting to Jamie saying like his his dad would have been proud. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, his dad is dead. I am very, very glad that immediately they cut to this room of random people, like, in bathrobes and kind of worse for the wear, like, watching a football game and, like, slow pan over to a a much better like more more sober looking version of Jamie's father smiling and like just enjoying that moment. I'm like, oh thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I had a similar reaction. I was like, oh my God, he's dead. <laughs> so I was very happy that they cut to the I assume rehab center where he's yeah. at. <laughs> um which is just it was a really, really nice touch especially you know after like i get his mom's speech like i've i've held i have a sister who's an addict i've given that speech of like she is who she is she's always going to be that way and you know and that's the way you start to think about people like that uh who are in like constantly putting themselves like in those those situations or letting their demons get the better of them uh, eventually, you just start to write them off. It is what it is. A lot of people think it's terrible. If you go through it enough, you wind up doing it. Um, they have to be, they have to want to make that change. And like seeing that dude was like, this makes me so fucking happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's not the end of the episode. All right. Uh, they, it's not. It, them coming home to Fat Bottom Girls is fucking great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Baby laugh. <laughs> Jamie not wanting to party and like every like him talking to those people as they're leaving. It's like you watch that, then go back and watch season one. Jamie coming in late, like oh yeah, just dogging everybody on the team, like and. As everybody's leaving, he's telling them, good job, great work, I'm proud of you, all of that. This is not the same, like, like, much like his dad, like, yes, people are who they are, but if they really want to change, they really want to turn their shit around, they fucking can. Yeah, I know. And that's, and that's what I love. And this is, I think why I love Jamie's arc over the course of this series. So, so, so much. It's because when we finally get to these moments in this episode, like he's just come so far and you're like, yes, this is what I wanted. Like this is, it's just so good to see. Which is a good segue into like Ted and Beard of course usually go out Ted declines he's got his mom waiting she made dinner he's gonna go back to her but first let me show you something coach (laughs) and it's the video of Nate he's like I've seen this he's like I know but did you watch the whole thing and we find out that yes Nate tore down the sign and did his shitty thing but before he could get out of there the team was back in the locker room celebrating And he was stuck under Ted's desk for 
like six hours. A very long time. And like, and and Ted's just like, look at, look at him. Like, it, it's like, you know, it's funny. Like, it's really funny that like to be that upset and then find yourself in that situation. Like, it's infuriating, I'm sure, at the time for him. But yeah. it's one of those things you can look back on and be like, yeah, that's really stupid, man. Right. Um, and he drops maybe, maybe my favorite Ted quote in the entire show. Uh, I hope either all of us or none of us are judged uh, by our by our actions by the actions of our weakest moment oh yes and (sighs) it's the all of us or none of us because it's we've like you don't want to admit it but you've been there too we've all been there we've yeah all been there um we get uh you know, beard. We get Ted leaving and beard going fuck. Exactly. <laughs> which is the running, like you said, the running thing in the. Uh, although Ted says fudge, which is really funny. When Jamie oh, gets hurt, so he's great. like fudge. Um, I thought for sure he was going to drop it and he doesn't. But we get the payoff in a little bit. <laughs> um, Jamie and Keely and Roy celebrating it was really sweet. Jamie texting his dad and asking them, did he look sexy? Like, <laughs> all is really, really fun and sweet. And, like, you're talking about the callbacks. Like, maybe it's not, but maybe it is. But, like, the callback to season one of, like, uh, is it season one, the end of season one? Ted seeing uh, Jamie, like, he makes the extra pass, right? Oh, he, yes. Yeah. Um, he goes to tell Jamie that. Uh, or is it the end of season? Yeah, I don't. Anyway, it's it, like he saw Jamie with his dad yelling at him yeah. for making the extra pass, and this is him seeing like a, a just a new version of this kid that that he's helped bring to life, and it's like so positive for him. Um, and then he gets to go home and have this fun conversation with his mom. Uh, but first we get Nate who got fired. <laughs> I skipped over all that. That shit's really funny <laughs> when he's like, well, I can't tell you why I'm firing you because Jade said she'd report me and I don't really want you to know what I've done. <laughs> I was like, this guy is like the shadiest guy in the entire world. <laughs> I love Nate's like, why am I getting fired? He's like, look, man. You show up on time, you don't steal, and you don't do drugs. Which, if you've ever worked in the service industry, <laughs> it's that, that, yeah, <laughs> like that, that is fucking gold. <laughs> like, if you can just get a person that does one, like, just only does one of those things, not doesn't do one, only does one, <laughs> then like you have got a solid employee. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, one hundred percent. Um, so he got fired. He, he knows why, like, I like that he did not like that. He kind of accepted that, like that this was her pushing him like, Hey, don't settle for this bullshit, man. Yeah. 
um, he's drafting a six, 30, 60 page apology letter to Ted. Uh, yeah, I think he says 60 pages. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking for some areas to cut. Down. <laughs> He's like, oh, my God. Um, And then the doorbell rings and he goes to the door. And fucking Beard is standing outside and it scares the shit out of him, which is great. Pretty sure the first. The first time I saw this scene, I think I took a picture, and I'm pretty sure I texted you. And I was yeah. like having Nate's same reaction of like he's going to murder him. Um, and for the first time in the show, we find out what Beard's story with Ted is. Oh. And holy shit, man! Like they went to college together. He was the backup punter. Ted was a backup kicker. They never got to play. They basically just ran laps and got to know each other. Ted got into coaching after college. Beard went to prison. Yeah. For stealing a loaf of meth. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, your story's like lame as It's another Bill Lawrence thing. And I only know this because I've heard him on the Scrubs podcast. Lay Miz is his like pinnacle of like like that's theater. Like I and I know a lot of people feel that way. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of Lay Miz either. Um, I hate it. It's I, so fucking depressing. It's man. so boring. It's like three hours long. I'm yes, like, who wants too. to watch this shit? I'm gonna be depressed for three hours. I um, do not like. I have seen it once, and I like literally refused to see it another time. My friends like, do you want to see Leia Miz again? I was like, no. You may take anyone else to see yeah. that, that that show. I do not. Um, three four hours of my life. <laughs> so you never saw the movie then? Oh God, uh, no. Yeah, I love no. Hugh Jackman, but I hate Lee Miz. <laughs> yeah, it's not worth it. <laughs> uh, Russell Crowe as Jean Valjean. Is it Jean Valjean, the sheriff? Or or whatever the whatever he's, he is. The law Valjean, guy. He's the, he's the main guy. Oh, okay. Then that's not him. It's whoever yeah. the law guy is. Um, oh, yeah. I was going to say, I was like, Hugh Jackman's Jean Valjean. <laughs> yeah. Like the main guy. Uh, I don't know their names. I, I saw it. I, I went to the theater and saw it with my mom. And I was like, oh, this is horrible. <laughs> this movie has so many people I love in it. And it's terrible. Um, uh, it, it so. Really, really is. We find out that Beard got out of prison. Had no money. Nobody wanted to take him in. He contacts Ted. Ted gives him a place to stay. Gets him a job. Beard steals his car. Yeah. Been there. Um, uh, and instead of pressing charges, Ted convinces the cops that he gave Beard the car so that Just he doesn't go back to prison. Such a Ted thing to do. Yeah. And, you know, Beard said, tells Knight, like, in honor of my friend and his forgiveness of all of this shit I put him through, I forgive you and I offer you a job. 
and the life part is up to you. Yeah. <laughs> Nate says, don't you want to headbutt me? I think we both feel better. <laughs> I, I do love that, that Nate brings a little bit of like, kind of like levity to the scene, but God, this one brings me to tears every time. Yeah. I, and he does headbutt him. He turns his, his cap around and does this slow, like, bro head touch thing. Um, yeah. It's not a violent headbutt, but they do butt heads. And they then do. he hugs them. And I love smug-ass Jade eating her kebab. <laughs> I know. She's like, yes, yep. my plan has finally come together. <laughs> and we're still not at the end. Uh, Ted and his mom. Uh, I say that like it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Such a fantastic episode. Um, but we are going to hit the two-hour mark. Uh, uh-huh. Ted, Ted and his mom. He comes home. She made meatloaf and lasagna. Because why the fuck not? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and Ted confronts her. It's like, why are you here? Why did you come out of nowhere to see me? Whatever you have to say to me. Can you please just say it? And she, of course, oh, I just want to spend time with my son. And he says, well, thank you for dinner. And fuck you for not wanting to talk. And we get a series of, I like how with Ted, it's thank you, then fuck you. Not fuck you, but also thank you for this. Yes. Yes, I did. I thought that was a nice touch, that the gratitude comes first. Yeah. But then acknowledging the rest of it. I liked that a lot. Yeah. I, I mean, and it's some, like, it, it's maybe some of Jason Sudeikis. It, it's probably his best acting in the entire show. Yeah. Like, uh, emotional-wise. Like, it is raw. Especially when she, like, he gets done and she says, okay, well... You know, I'm sorry you held on to that for so long. And yes, there is something I need to tell you. Your son misses you. Oof. Yeah. And he just has this. It's not a breakdown, but, you know, like nobody. You realize that he's not really talked to anybody about, except maybe uh, Dr. Sharon, about why he can't go home yeah because three years is a long fucking time like i know he goes back and the kid comes to visit and three years is a long time to do like long distance with your young child it is yeah it's a lot and you know he tells her he's so scared of getting close to his kid I always thought it was because he was worried that he was going to, like, do to his kid what his dad did to him, which I guess is kind of similar. But he says it's because he knows that one day his kid is going to leave. Like, and that's like a, a thing for him. Like, his dad left. His wife has now left him. Like, and it's just like. If I distance myself, physically distance myself, then maybe it won't hurt so bad. Yeah. Yeah, I know, which is, that's just really tough. Yeah. It's 
just really hard. I'm like, ah, oh, that's so like heartbreaking to kind of to kind of hear that that's like the place that he's coming from. But it makes sense, like for his character, because like you said, of everything that's happened to him and everyone leaves him. And so he knows, I mean, because that's how it goes with kids. They grow up and then they leave. And yep. but he's just not in a place where he could or he wasn't in a place where he could accept that. Although I think at this point he's gotten closer to being to that point. So, yeah, um, I, I do like how they button the scene. Um, what his mom says, you know, that's the thing about being a parent. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes you win, but mostly you just tie. Which is a very Ted thing to say. Um, and uh, he says, thank you. And she leans in and says, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have dinner. Um, and then we get a nice little, it's not even a button, a little interstitial scene at Rebecca at home. And her doorbell rings. And I'm like, oh my god. They're gonna reunite Rebecca and Sam. And that wasn't what happened. <laughs> no, no, no. That is not at all what happened. I was like, well, that's not what I was expecting to see. And yep. here we are. It's Bex. Uh, her ex-husband's new wife. Uh, and she's like, can we come in? I'd really, uh, she says, can we talk? And uh, uh, then ask if we can come in. And she says, we? And I'm like, oh, she means her and the baby. That's what nope. I Nope. <laughs> Not her and the baby. Her and I don't remember his assistant's name. She had a weird name because his assistants always have weird names. Yeah. Um, but uh, the very, very tall, uh, thin, dark-haired uh, woman who was his assistant at the beginning that he was very touchy-feely flirty with um and apparently like she wants advice on how to proceed because as much as we had thought slash hoped that that had stopped apparently it has not yeah well yeah well because he has like a new assistant who's like in right <laughs> yeah now very much not his type <laughs> no no not at all Talks to him about his colonoscopies. <laughs> <laughs> Which I giggled at. <laughs> um, Ted wakes up. Uh, his mom is gone. She baked him sunflower bread. Um, very sweet. Like, I like that. I love the song that's playing. I didn't look it up, but I do love the song. Um, it sounds like a Queen song, but I don't think it's a Queen song. Um then the episode ends with the Ted walking into the locker room, into his office. Rebecca's there. She's looking at the pyramid of success. Um, and she says, do you know what time it is, Ted? And <laughs> that we have this whole like funny exchange. She's like, nope, this is the time of year where I come and talk to you and give like deliver a truth bomb. And he's like, oh, yeah, maybe I should guess this year. And then he doesn't have a guess. And then she doesn't have a fucking truth bomb. She's like, I tried. I tried to come up with anything I could to just, like, keep the tradition alive. And I came up with nothing. And Ted says, well, I have one. And that's the end of the episode. And scene. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, kn I knew what it was. 
Like I, I know, I knew we yeah. knew the next episode's the last episode. Like there's yeah. no, but I'm I'm glad they ended with that and didn't like show us, like didn't do the him end it with him going like I've got to go home. So, um, we won't get into anything else because this has been an extremely long episode. I, sorry, not sorry. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, the runtime was an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, it, it was it, it was aggressively long. So I mean, it's okay. <laughs> um, everything else I'm doing is over at xwingfiles.com, um, and you can find Jess at her other podcast, Tomorrow's Legends. Yep, and we are about to wrap up our coverage for Jupiter's Legacy. We have. Uh, I think two more episodes to go. So we're, we're almost done with that. And we're Superman and Lois. Oh not God. till the fall. Not till the fall. Yeah, that's right. I was like, we got an announcement now. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. So not to the fall. Um, so we might uh, try to push our way through um, the tomorrow people um, with Robbie ML. It was on the air several years ago. Um, I like Robbie ML. I like Robbie ML. It only it also only got one season, um, but it was pretty good. So uh, my two co-hosts both watched it like when it came out, and I've never seen it. So we're gonna we're gonna do that one before Superman Lois comes back. That's cool. I I don't remember if I watched it or not, but I do remember like oh Robbie ML has got a show, and then it was like oh Robbie ML's show got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> And then that was uh, a running gag for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he uh, <laughs> he was kind of like the male version of uh, what's her name from Firefly, uh, yes, who would show up in everything and then it would get canceled. <laughs> yes, or Christian Slater for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, go check out all that stuff. We'll be back uh, talking about the finale, yes. and that's so we're done. Like in a little over a year because we took breaks. We did. We're cool, we're cool like that. But <laughs> in a little over a year, we've talked about the entirety of Ted Lasso. Uh, and then we'll, we'll take an extended break, but we have something else up our sleeves to kind of keep the show alive. So, <laughs> um, so we'll uh, see you guys soon. Thanks for coming to our TED Talk. Bye.